0: Journey to Organization, episode 105, Papers. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Vigam Personal Organization, and today I want to talk about a listener inspired question on papers. See, the caller called me up and said to me that she has a lot of papers because her kids have special needs and she didn't know the best way to store them, which inspired a larger thought process for me more than just you know medical situations that you know the paperwork needs to be saved. Paperwork in general is a big problem for a lot of people. Now I live in Israel (laughs) and in Israel you need to keep all the paper for a while and so it's essential to have a good filing system because they can audit you and you need to show originals. It's not like in the US where if you get audited Maybe you don't need to show originals, you can show copies and that's sufficient. Uh, it's not just about what you need to save like in case you get audited. It's about what you need to save so that your doctor or your kid's doctor can make better recommendations or kid therapist can make a better recommendation. Having had three kids who went through the early intervention process. And into CPSC in New York, uh, I know that there is a lot of paperwork, <laughs> a lot, a lot of paperwork. And a lot of it is duplicate sometimes even because you have the evaluation attached to like the meeting notes. I forgot what those are called at this point. <laughs> but you have like, you know, you have these meetings with the Board of Education or whoever. And then they attach the evaluations that you already saw. and You already have files of and things tend to get you know, duplicated. And I think that there's like a reasonable amount of, you know, I think that there's a lot of paperwork in the interim between like right now and the beginning that isn't always necessary. So what I mean by that is, if you have a if like a child in therapies, for example, like uh, physical therapy or, or occupational therapy, if you have a child in that situation, I feel like a lot of times when you're going talking to the doctor, or even when you're talking to a therapist, um, what happens is is they want to see like where you started out, and maybe what therapies you tried, and where the child is now. Like they don't necessarily want to know all the details about every single stage and every evaluation. So I think that there has to be sort of like primary and secondary information when you're keeping that kind of information. I know that it all needs to be together. And the truth of the matter is, is what I find is, is my clients who have children or who they themselves are, are, have a health problem. They have uh, accordion folders where they keep everything in it and they just take that to the doctor and that goes with them everywhere they go. Uh, A lot of doctors though, are happy now to receive documentation in advance electronically. So I definitely suggest having a digital copy because it's worthwhile just in case something happens, then you always have a backup. But for general, I would say a notebook or an accordion folder is the way to go if you are constantly schlepping documents to doctors. And I think organizing it by type. So like, let's say you have evaluations from a physical therapist, you have evaluations from other types of doctors, I would separate it by by type, even like, you know, a physical therapist, a doctor, uh, your CT scans, your x-rays, your MRIs, whatever it is, I would separate it in that category by that category, because I feel like what's important here is that if you need to easily access CT results, or ultrasound results, or MRI results, or whatever it is, you want to be able to make the time that you're in the doctor's office as functional as possible. And so you need to be able to access things quickly. So having it sorted into like more specific categories is helpful. And that's why I like the accordion folders because they have lots of, um, different slots where you can keep things although you run the risk of sometimes you know over filing and then not being able to find things but I think if you have general categories based on what it is or if you're categorizing by year let's say that's also helpful um, then I think that that's okay and that's probably sufficient I think though it's imperative to rule to sort of make it as easy for yourself with as few papers as possible. So be a little bit ruthless, like really see, like, do you need every single paper, you know, that came about five years ago? Probably not. So you can go through it every once in a while and call what you no longer need anymore. And I think that that's helpful and worthwhile and um, necessary. The same thing is true with documents that aren't related to health. Uh, You want to really, call through those once in a while and see, you know, what you can get rid of. After seven years, you can certainly get rid of U.S. tax information. In Israel, too, a lot of information you can get rid of after seven years. It depends on, on what the documentation is. It depends if you have your own business. It depends exactly what it is. But I think that for papers it's it's very overwhelming because people aren't always sure what something is they don't always know when to keep so i say if you're in doubt make a copy of it like make an electronic copy a scan and you can use an app like cam scanner uh, which just shows up on your phone and it will store and it actually syncs with evernote so you can tag the document and you can write what it is and then when you're looking for it you can easily search for it and send it to a printer and print it out if you need to I feel like if you have a lot of papers that are already not filed, though, which is a whole other issue, and I will touch on that in a second, it's time to get the papers sorted and organized in your life. Now, a lot of times when I go to people's houses, what I find is that papers are all over the house. And... I don't really understand that. <laughs> now, I don't always file all my papers right away because I'm not perfect. But what I do do is I have a designated space for putting papers on my desk. And once I've dealt with it, if I even if I don't file it right away, they sit on top of my filing cabinet waiting for me to file. So basically I have two spots where, where I can find paper. So the first is a spot, a slot on my desk that's an in-process slot. And then I have uh, the already processed waiting to be filed that sits like just on top of the filing cabinet. I usually don't have a lot of papers there. Most of the time I file things right away, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, I need to just sort through things quickly and I leave it there for a later date. I think that what I see when I'm going to other people's houses is chaos. (laughs) You know, so I'm going to your house, and I see that you have papers on the kitchen counter, you have papers in this drawer, papers in that drawer, papers on your desk, papers in the living room, papers in the dining room, there's paper everywhere. And so if the problem with papers for you is like a greater paper problem, (laughs) um, then you need to focus on doing like, the Great Paper Purge. Uh, you want to focus on gathering all the papers together, and you can, as you're gathering, decide if it's a keep or a toss. But basically, what I like to do is I like to do sorting in stages because it gives me time to, or it gives my clients time to really figure out what they actually need. So the first step is gather. Gather all of your papers from around the house, no matter where they are. Just put them all into one box, and then get Another box or two boxes, even get a recycling bin and a keep box. So, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to sort through whatever's in the box and you're going to decide is this keep, recycle, shred, whatever it is, um, you're going to want to categorize it in that category. And then, once you've gotten rid of the recycling and the shredding, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to micro-sort the papers even further. So you would want to do something like this. You would want to start like on a big level where you have general categories like home, medical, school maybe, uh, bills, or taxes. Those like five basic categories, right? And then within those categories afterwards for medical, then you could start sorting by person. And then if you want to take it a step further you could start sorting it by year and then you could have a tax folder you have a general tax but then eventually you start sorting it by year Uh, you have a general home folder but then you sort it by insurance by maintenance by home care whatever it is that categories that you have but starting first with the general outer categories is helpful because you want to be able to see how much paper you actually have i would say about 50 percent of the paper that we have can be scanned and kept in electronic receipts especially we're talking about things that have like no warranty but you want to keep records of when you did it or how much you paid for it so for example if you're doing a lot of home care, let's say you're doing a renovation on your house, you're gonna to wanna to know how much you spent on it in 10 years and you're gonna to wanna to make notes. What was the tile that I used? How much did it cost me? Am I like so that if you need to replace something, you know, first of all, how much you paid the first time, but also you can have some sort of reference point as to what the names of the styles are, right? So you can go back and see if it's still available or you can look for something similar or whatever it is. But having that, you know, first initial point of reference is important and helpful usually when you're going forward and it may seem like, you know, you really don't. Need to do that, and you don't really need to do that. It's just helpful later on, and taking those steps right now is going to be helpful. Another thing you could do is if you don't want to scan it, is you can create a notebook with all the information. uh, You know, either a handwritten notebook. I, of course, you all know how much I love spreadsheets. I would just make a spreadsheet. That's what I have for myself. How much did I pay for health insurance this year? How much was the doctor's? Like, I keep a running tab of all my receipts. Uh, it's helpful for us, then I know if i if I see like at halfway through the year that we're gonna hit you know more than what we should for medical spending, then I know that you know we want to take an itemized deduction on medical spending, but if we 're not, then I just stop doing it, and i 'm like hey, we don't we don't need to do this, but like it helps me keep track of things and understand where I am so if I was doing a renovation. I might keep a spreadsheet and I would say I bought this tile from this from this store on this day. Uh, this was the name of it. This is the cost per tile. I got a discount and I paid XYZ, right? Because I would want to be able to research it and know what I did in 10 years from now, because there's no way I'm going to remember since I can barely remember 10 minutes ago. So <laughs> so I think like that's really important that even if there's information on the paper you want to keep, you don't necessarily need to keep the paper. Of course, you can always scan it, but you just need to record the information. So when I'm just going to recap what I said, which was when you're sorting papers, you first want to gather everything together and then you want to sort in large categories and then you want to drill down and sort into smaller categories. You don't need to save every piece of paper. You just need to save the papers that you need the information on. And in that situation, if it's not imperative, you can scan it or input it into a spreadsheet or a notebook or whatever it is that you like. When I was, when we bought our last apartment, I, uh, did everything in a very organized way where I got like a little, I got a, it's, um, it's like a portfolio and it has, it's like a, it's a notebook, but instead of having paper in it, it has like these plastic sleeves inside of it. And I put in like, I organized it by room and I, I put in like the paint colors for each room. I put in all the furniture that I bought. I so we had to buy like all new stuff. We didn't have any furniture. So... Um, I put in exactly what I bought. I put in the fabric swatches. I put in the paint chips. I put in everything. I put in the receipts. I left the receipts there, and it was so easy for me when we were moving, and I wanted to know what we had and for insurance and how much it costs and everything like that. And I was just like, "Yes, this is how much the sofa costs. This is how much the the chair costs." You know, and I knew all that information. It was easy for me to access. Uh, when you're moving, of course, people want to know how much your stuff is worth so that they can give you a correct insurance policy. So. It, it becomes easier when you know what you paid for things. <laughs> In the future, you need to know these kind of things. So I feel like, yes, it might not be important for me to keep what sofa I bought and the receipt that I bought it, but you know, where I bought it from and the day I bought it on. But it is worthwhile because in the future, I did need that information. If God forbid, we would have had a fire, let's say, or a flood or something like that, we would have wanted to know about it for insurance, we might have needed to prove when we bought it or how much we paid for it, even though we had renter's insurance, you know, you never know. One thing I will say here, which I think is really important, and um, I don't know if how many of the listeners out there know this, but this past week in Israel, there was a community that was um, very badly affected by fire, most of the houses burned down, most of the people don't have anything left. And it's sad and terrible and awful. But what I want to say is this, um, and I don't mean to make light of the situation at all is it's so important to have a fireproof, waterproof safe for important documents that are difficult to replace. Now, I personally, you know, you know, I live in Israel, right? Um, I live in Israel. And it would be very difficult for me to replace my birth certificate or my my passports, let's say, without proper documentation, it would be difficult for me to replace my birth certificate and my social security card because I live here and I don't (laughs) live I don't live in the U.S. anymore, and I was born in America. So, um, it's so important. I cannot stress this enough. And it always hurts me when I see clients who don't have these things together in one place, in an emergency place where they can quickly grab it. Now, this the safe is not for theft protection against theft necessarily. Although you can get a safe for that, it's to protect documents that are difficult or impossible to replace and you know it's where you want to keep your passports it's where you want to keep your birth certificates it's where you want to keep like a deed to a house. (laughs) Uh, You might even want to keep your mortgage papers in there. um, If they're not too big, you can get different size safes, you don't need to get a huge one. Um, Most of them are big enough, like even the smallest ones are big enough to hold a regular letter size paper document. But they actually make safes that are um, hanging file folders, which can be helpful if you have a lot of documentation, or you own a lot of properties or whatever, stuff that's going to be really difficult to replace things you need to keep. So that in case you know you need to be able to prove that you own something then that's the kind of documentation you want to keep there or you want to keep it in a safety deposit box at a bank that's also a good place for it but you want these papers to be protected and you definitely want to have copies of them because if you don't have copies of them you know, that's worse in case something happens. The fireproof, waterproof safe will only give you safety for a limited amount of time. So if you surpass that amount of time, then, you know, you're going to need to have copies because you're going to want to be able to prove that you had these original documents. So for every house that I go in, I always recommend buying a fireproof, waterproof safe. It's a worthwhile investment. They don't even cost that much money. They're usually for a basic one. They're less than a hundred dollars. Again, we're not looking for something against theft although that's fine if you would like to purchase that or looking for something to protect against fire and water damage so after after watching you know people be sent away from their homes and actually where i live in haifa a few years ago there was also terrible fires here and a lot of people lost their homes and i i i feel sad and it's terrible and it's horrible but the worst part is is how do you prove who you are in that kind of situation if you can't, you know, if your documents aren't protected? And the reason that we save these documents is to have so we can prove things. If they're not kept properly, then how are you going to prove it? Um, you can also keep a backup hard drive in in your safety deposit, in your Either your safety deposit box or a fireproof, waterproof safe. Or you can use uh, a system like Carbonite or Dropbox where you're having all of your files saved from your computer um, in a backup place so that in case something happens to your computer, you also have all the documentation that you need backed up. And I think that it's important to remember that even if you have to keep paper because you need the originals, Having a backup is also important because you never know what's going to happen to the originals. And I don't mean it to sound to put you in a place of worry or fear or anxiety, but I can't even begin to tell you how many times it's helped me, even in the short term, just to have copies of my passport or, uh, you know, my driver's license or a credit card or something like that because, you know, someone wanted to, I needed to prove who I was and send a copy of my passport or show my ID card or my driver's license or whatever. And having those things already saved on my computer actually saved me time in the future. So it's not a bad thing to have them because someone asks you for something, you could be like, "Yes, sure, I'll email it to you post haste, right? Like it's there, you know how to do it and you can do it and it's fast and it's easy. And I think it takes a little bit of investment of time upfront to do that, to be able to automate that part of your life. But I think that it's worth the time investment, especially if you're setting up a system right now. It's worth it to, you know, have copies of things and and have a backup because more than anything else in your life, um, a lot of people say to me like, okay, well, I don't want to get rid of X, Y, and Z because I might need it. But you can almost always replace anything if you get rid of it by mistake, except for papers. And so I'm very cautious with papers when I'm getting rid of papers because I want to make sure that my clients are never in a position where they'll be like, you threw out my ketubah <laughs> or you threw out the mortgage papers. Like I want to be conscientious. I look, I double check everything. I, I I scan what I can and, and that's important. And so you want to be conscientious when you're sorting papers and make sure you don't make a mistake. So check yourself. That's why I also like the process of sorting papers in, a, in, in like a macro way and then drilling down into a more micro way because it helps. It helps protect against those kind of mistakes. But um, so I just want to recap, which is to say that, you know, I understand that there are papers that you need to keep, especially if there's a medical condition in your family, uh, a child who has a condition, you yourself, your spouse, whatever it is, keep everything in one place and keep that special, like it's something that you can take maybe even get an accordion folder that has a handle it makes things easier sort it by date or sort it by type however is easiest for you and of course that will depend on what kind of papers you had how long the illness has been going on Um, but for the most part you want to keep medical records indefinitely so that you can always go back to the doctor and be like, yes, this is what's happening. (laughs) Um, And then with papers in general, you want to first gather them up, you want to sort them on a macro level, and then sort them on a micro level. I hope that this short primer on papers has been helpful for everybody. I know that papers are a big problem for a lot of people. If paper is holding you up, then what I suggest you do is you designate one hour every day for as long as you need to go through all the papers. Going through papers is sort of a mindless task. You can do it while you're watching TV or while you're listening to a a lecture or a podcast even. (laughs) And, 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 It's worthwhile to take the time to invest to make sure the papers are right. I know that one lady once called me up. She had like an extra bathroom that she wasn't using in her house. It was like where she stored all of her papers. It was like floor to ceiling papers. That's not the way. Um, I'll briefly touch. Oh, so I'll just say again, you know, get a fireproof, waterproof safe for those important documents. For other documents, uh, I think how you file them depends on you. I think that filing cabinets with hanging file folders is the best way, honestly. In Israel, they love to use binders with plastic nylon inserts. I think that's not effective. I think it's more difficult to find things that way. Um, Some people like to use magazine holders with nylons inside of them. Also, I think that's less effective than the hanging file folders. I think that the way the file folders are situated with tabs where you can easily see what's inside each folder is the best way to do it. You can also color code the folders, which I love color coding. So like all the medical are red, all the personal files are yellow, all the banking files are blue, all of the insurance files are green, whatever it is, however you decide to do it, it's fine. But I think that the color coding also helps with the filing and it's also a worthwhile investment. You can buy one color folder and then buy tabs that are different colors and then just put these little tab stickers on them and mark what they are. If you wanna do the color coding that way, there's a million different ways you can do it. Um, And I don't wanna get into every single way Because I think that people are essentially at their core creative. And when you're setting up an organizational system, you have to figure out what works independently for you. So maybe colors don't work because you're colorblind. (laughs) I don't know. So then you might want to set up a system of like dots or lines or dashes or whatever. And you might focus instead of images, you might want to focus on just putting in the writing and, you know, filing it by category together. However you want to do it is fine, but I definitely like the hanging file folder systems the best. So that's all I have to say about papers, I think. (laughs) Of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to just let me know. Send me a voicemail, send me an email, whatever it is. I'm happy to hear from you. Um, if you have any other questions not related to papers, I'm also happy to hear about that. I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you. For now, have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegan and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalagonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.